just bought a chicken patty. I ain't never, I just had to show her status. I just bought a bitch a patty. Bought a bitch a patty. I ain't love her, I just stepped up her status Got a good thing in the crib without no panties I just jumped off the lyrics like a savage because if you tell me like 10 years ago right that like oh this is where we're gonna be at i'd be like i don't believe you and i don't know what weed you're smoking but it must be very <laughs> well it's gonna be in california because so it's clearly gonna be a good weed <laughs> wait what are you guys talking about now oh like just 10 years ago you would like thinking yeah. about oh uh, like yeah <laughs> yeah no like i mean particularly i would say in this last year yeah. Um. Things have really uh, fallen apart. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Just fallen apart. <laughs> the wheels I keep moving. Like, damn car. No real good adjective to describe besides falling apart. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah. Literally a year and three months ago, if you told me this would happen, I would be like, "You're dumb. Not gonna Dude, happen." Do you know what happened? I got an email from Lifetime Fitness saying that my uh my account is off pause. So I emailed them like, oh, I thought I canceled it. And they're like, no, like you send an email saying that you'd like to put it on pause. And who knows, maybe in three months that like you'll be back once everything clears. I'm like the optimism I had to think this would all be done in like three months with hindsight. I was like, who am I? So much optimism. I'm not kidding. I literally thought it was going to be max two weeks. Max two weeks. I was like two weeks. (laughs) Oh and like, I was like, I remember like the Friday grudgingly going home. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you know, it was like right after I, I came back from a trip from Colorado the weekend before, remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I came back and that week was when we were getting our comp statements, like, you know, like pay statements and stuff. Yeah. Or bonuses. Like it was like a hectic week, you know, getting our like, you know, feedback, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. And oh, then uh, right after that, it was like that Thursday or Friday, I think it was that Friday we got an email just saying like, oh, everyone stay home just for Monday because we just want to test if our computer systems can handle people working from home. We're not closing yet. It's just, you know, and I was like, all right, like, it seems kind of serious. So I kind of went home that Friday, like, you know, whatever, like, who knows? I probably don't want to come back into work anyway, even if it is open. And then that Monday morning, we got email like, everyone stay home indefinitely. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember us like vividly talking to Nima on the couch and talking about the fact that like they could shut down New York City. And I was like, you're out of your damn mind if you think New York City, the whole global economy is going to shut down for a couple flus. <laughs> He's like, you could happen. Two weeks later, the country shut down. NBA is going to shut down remote. I'm like, dude, what is, what is happening in this world? I'm pissed he was right, man. So pissed. <laughs> So pissed. <laughs> and you know what's so annoying? He hasn't rubbed our faces in it. Yeah. You know? He just smiles. He just, he he really just has like he a subtle smile at us. He hasn't like, you know, like, yeah, I was expecting like, you know, he's going to be like, told you guys, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he never did. Like, he never did that. And that, that is so snooty. So like, snooty. So snooty. <laughs> he's just like, I, I am better than this. I will yeah. just look at you and be like, my child. How is your life? And I'm like, fuck off, dude. Just fuck dude, off. Just fuck off. Whenever we're talking about coronavirus and he just chimes in, like, I hate him. Oh, my God. I hate him. Because you can imagine his face, too. You, you 100% yeah, yeah. imagine the exact face he has. Just smile like and he's not. he's it. not just, like, ripping the Band-Aid off and telling us. And, yeah. You know. 
And he's living his best life. That's what's really annoying because his life changed zero He's like, I wanted to be a hermit, and now I can literally just I have the world excuse to be a well, hermit. Let's not let's not blow up his spot. But yeah, I mean <laughs> <laughs> I think the advice open with it too. He's like, Yeah, dude, I don't want to be around people. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, I mean me man. neither, but like, you know, I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you found out about it. He already knew. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. I just don't like surprises, you know. I wish I kind of got into this, like, all right, like, because at the time I was like, all right, I won't have to see people for a couple of weeks, you know. I'll get to be at home, like, you know, eat home cooked meals and like get good night's sleep and stuff. And yeah. mm-hmm. first of all, that didn't really happen either in the beginning because I couldn't, <laughs> like, I couldn't differentiate between like work and not work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. before it's like, oh, you got to take the train home at some point. Um, so it's kind of like. You know, there's a clear cut break to the day. Yeah. Um, but in this case, like I was just like rolling out of bed working and then rolling into bed, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like for me, it's like I literally, I literally thought it was gonna be a month. And I got any really like I was running a lot in April, and I was like, yeah, by May we'll be back. I had like a handful of like dates planned, and I was like, got a couple girls we made. It's gonna be a mm. thing. <laughs> All of it went to shit so quickly. Mode was like super weird. Yeah, I said a couple of days, he just goes, mmm, yeah, Ooh, that's man. the one, that's the ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's try to edit that out if we can. No way, dude. No, that's stated. That's stated. Oh, man. All right, let, let me introduce this thing. We haven't done this yet. All right. Uh, welcome to Fam For Real, because when you're with us, you're Fam For Real. This is episode three. You've got the homie hosts here, Amon, Tejas. Myself, Babo. Hey. How y'all doing, guys? How y'all doing? I think we already gave a little bit of an intro there, given how a year in we're still thinking about this all feels like a dream. But we're looking forward to the July opening of New York City, turning up. Wow. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm moving this week to New York. It's going to be very exciting. Really yeah, I was, I was out last night, and too, and it was like, you know, not... It's a nice, controlled kind of... Yeah. Uh, opening so far, so it's been nice. I mean, you know, so it's good to see. It's, it's good to see, like you know, people out and about. Like, I I went to a restaurant. It was like you know, obviously still socially distanced, but mm-hmm. it was like a nice. You know, it, it was felt packed. You know, yeah. or as packed a place can be in the current times. But you know, people are out and about. It's like nice. It's kind of. It's like you kind of feel like, you know, like that thing. Nature is healing, kind of thing. I was just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> this is the opposite. The livers have healed. Time to destroy them again. <laughs> I can I can safely say my liver was never fully healed during the past year and, and three months or year and two months. Just want to be very clear on that specific point only. But apart from that, I do agree. Nature is healing in you. You you feel that? Do you feel like that kind of energy when you're when you're out in the city and you can like see? Yeah. Okay, something's happening. You can't. It feels intangible. It's like, oh, I don't know what that is, but that feeling. Very it's like the New York City, like, aliveness, you know? Yes. The, the, the energy. Yeah. The energy. The energy I, feel like, I feel like when things open up 100%, like, bars are open till 4 a.m., like, that first night, like, or that first weekend or whatever, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, people are going to just, like, burn shit. Like, <laughs> it's going to be, like, you know, like... LES will just be a straight like, bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> Also, yeah. I'm not going back inside. Like, li- even if I'm tired, 
I'm staying out till 4 a.m. He's like, yeah. bro, we are shutting this bar down because I don't know when we're going to be back here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably not going to do that. <laughs> I'll stay out super late, like 12, 1 o'clock, maybe. Because <laughs> yeah, I know what's going to happen. Like, we'll like, think, like, let's just have a calm night. We'll go out for like, till, like 1 o'clock. And then we'll come back in. And then the next day, we'll be like, the mayor will be like, New York City got destroyed last night. We are shutting down again. And I'll be like, dude. Uh, be- Come on, Dude, you can't you can't use the FOMO. You can't use the FOMO against me, man. I'm not gonna stay out till four a.m. <laughs> Flash forward three months, I was like, we are not going back inside. <laughs> yeah, oh. I mean, definitely a couple of drinks in and, and things change, but oh yeah, I, I think four a.m. Because that also means like at four a.m. Then we're gonna go get Taco Bell. So it'll be like five thirty-six, like you know, yeah. before yeah. I get to bed. That seems too much, man. <laughs> it is funny because I remember like after graduation when I started like actually drinking and partying in like Harrisburg, going out like Philly, LA and stuff. And it was like at first it was like, oh they they close at two? And at the first couple of times I was like, this is weird. And then I was like, no, no, this is a completely normal time for a bar mm-hmm. to shut down. We should not be out past two o'clock. <laughs> because yeah, then I, mean- I could get home with food and still get a decent night's sleep. <laughs> But people, people in those cities also do like a like a beer at home kind of thing sometimes too. You know, like yeah, the after party's real. Yeah, the after party. Yeah. Real. So like, I when I went out in LA, like, I mean, I was a little upset. I, I'm not gonna lie, because this was like I don't know, I was 24, or 25 maybe, right? So like, mm-hmm. I had a little more energy to stay out later. So when we went out in LA, I was kind of like, I think they like actually close. It's not like New York City, like they stop serving drinks at four, which mm-hmm. means like by the time you like really sprinkle out, it's like 4:30. It's like in LA, like bars have to be closed by two. So I felt like at one thirty, the bar I was at, like was kind of like, you know, pushing people out. But it was kind of like, I, so I was a little disappointed at first, but it was kind of nice. You know, like we ended the night, uh, we went to like a taco truck, yeah, you know, yeah. had a bunch of tacos, went back home and like just opened up a bunch of beers and like played FIFA and like, you know, drank <laughs> and ate tacos. It was kind of nice, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely in LA's that's uh, the house party seems a big deal because like it's basically like, hey, you're gonna have the the bar is really like a place you're going to meet people, and then you're bringing them back to actually kick it at home. That's yeah, like that yeah. part. So that's, yeah, yeah, definitely different vibe over there. New York is basically like you're not leaving the house till eleven thirty. You're getting the bar at twelve, and even then you're way too early, mm. <laughs> and then it kicks off at one o'clock. I think it's so often like apartments are a little smaller. Well, at least they were. Now that we're like starting to make a little more money, like I feel like, uh, you know, apartments will start increasing in size, or people just gotta move to the burbs or something, you know. Yeah. But, but with the apartment size, like at least when we were like like a little bit younger, it was kind of janky, dude. I didn't want to be inside. (laughs) (laughs) Flash forward ten years, I still don't want to be inside. Especially like you think back to college, like when we had like flex walls and crap up, and the living room had like that has no windows. Yeah, that was that was shit. That was that was not. Fun. <laughs> yeah, that's like flex walls me, legitimately like don't make sense. Yeah, dude, I fucking hated living rooms without windows. That was mad stressful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how that, describe your new place to us, man? What, what's the scene like? Well, to be honest, like the uh, the bedroom is the bedroom is a little tight. To be fair. Um, like can fit like a queen size bed, desk, and a dresser, but realistically, it's the patio outside that I'm really looking forward to, which is right there near the bed. And then I have two uh, 
I'm in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom. The two other roommates, one of them who I've met already, the other one we're looking for people. Um, we're deciding between, well, he's really deciding. I told him I'm fine with anything, but uh, he's deciding between this one like uh, organic, uh, this like environmentally friendly, like organic juice drinking, vegan eating, hippie lady. And another one that's like a party girl that goes out to like 3, 4 a.m. And I was like, I'm I don't gonna... care. Just Wait, either. these are your neighbors or your roommates? Potential are, third roommate. The, the, this is potential third roommate. These are the two choices. I recommend, highly recommend Party Girl. I'm just throwing that out there. What was the first person? What was the first person? Like environmentally conscious, organic juice drinking, vegan eating, like goes to animals. Vegan <laughs> eating? She eats vegans, dude? <laughs> 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 Very good. Um, uh, sorry. And, uh, like ghost, like grammar's yeah. important, man. <laughs> yeah. You're it's, a safe buddy. You're a vegetarian. You're not a vegan. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um, I said it doesn't matter to me, but I think I'll tell you what, Bob. I think uh, because I found out that like a lot of the previous roommates in this uh, apartment, they still will come by, like have a beer and stay on, stay up and hang out to like two, three in the morning yeah. Uh, yeah. with the current roommates. So I was like, this might be more of a party atmosphere. Bye. Yeah. yeah, the green juice person may not love that, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, party people are nice to party with, but they don't necessarily make great roommates, you know. Good point. Fair point. Good point. Fair point. Yeah. So, how's the, how's the neighborhood? It's good, man. It's good. It's what neighborhood good. are you in? Are you in Queens? Astoria. I'm going to be in Astoria. Nice. And I'm going to be close to my girl and going to be able to be close by to my soccer league and the rugby team. I remember I told you about that. Uh, Queens rugby. Um, and yeah, I actually, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because I've been there so much the past year and a half, two years now. So we'll see. There's also knowing some people that are like, you know, working in the service industry there. We've been able to stay up to like 3 a.m. in their bars. So that's a little added bonus. I really enjoy like hanging out with the service people. Like if you go, if you find the bar the service people go to after their own bar, it's the best yeah. time. It's like when yeah, I, I remember yeah. when I was out and like when we were when I was uh, on the project in Cambridge, it's like there was only one bar in Cambridge that really opened up beyond uh, curfew time. Like I was like an hour or two hours beyond, I think two o'clock their time. And so it was like all I've, I've been pretty cool with all the waiters and like staff at the hotel we were at. Met a couple of other people. They're like, yeah, we all go there. And it was like a block from our hotel. So I would just go chill with them. They were like, buy me drinks. We're all chatting, like having a good time. And I was like, dude, these are the real people you want to like get to know, like have a good time with. Because like, it was funny because you'd see them and we'd be taking shots together the night mm-hmm. before. And then the next day I'd be like sitting with my boss and it would be like, they have to be very proper in front of her. Like, hey, man, what can I get you? And I'm just like, here, what's up, man? <laughs> it's funny and yeah like i had a I had a bar next to my office that we used to go to a fair amount especially like later uh used to be like you know it's a little bit nicer like cocktail bar yeah 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 i forgot the name but yeah um so we i it closes at 12 usually so like it, you know it's like classic battery park you know like everything kind of closes early uh but so like we obviously used to drink with them all the time, like at the the bartenders and the, the wait staff and stuff, and they would um, uh, like they would drink with us here and there, like especially cl- closer to closing time. But it was awesome. Like once they actually closed, and 
everyone kind of sat at the bar and we like drank and it wasn't like we weren't really paying for drinks anymore like you know it was like kind of like just all kind of having a few drinks and like the bartender was like making different like cocktails that are not on the menus like testing things out like you know uh, getting feedback like we were like telling them you know this is the good or this isn't that good but, yeah i mean everything was pretty good but yeah it was pretty fun it was like a fun time you know like it's like nice yeah it's like it's like the behind the curtain type like hangouts yeah like it's pretty yeah. cool. not like that and like yeah and he like taught me a lot about like what they do when they're closing and like you know like i mean i got to learn more about like what goes on in the yeah. It's kind of cool because that's like, like everyone's dream job one day is to own a bar. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, today is find a, find a nice bar for us, dude. We're going to be out there for the housewarming whenever you're moving I, in. I already, I already have a couple. All right. A lot of stuff happened in the last week, week and a half. Where do you guys want to start? I'm on. You want to kick it off? Uh, sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, the one thing that I kind of uh saw that you know was interesting or it made me think a little bit was um bill and melinda gates's divorce yeah that was so, i mean i didn't i didn't read too much about it so you guys can like fill in the details if you have any as per usual i only kind of look at the headline um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but like yeah no i think it's like i mean i don't want to go into the divorce too much like you know kind of you know privacy and yeah. your own business kind of thing you know, but are you like really not that not that there's like millions of people listening to this podcast but you know just out of like principle <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, we yeah, like, it's just, yeah it's just kind of crazy that after 28 years it got another like divorcing or whatever i don't know why i, I don't know if there was any i mean did you guys read about like i, mean, I was like about? skimming through it and like one thing i saw it's like cause every day if like new news like comes out a little bit one part of it was like they said they like, they just like grew apart and it was just, like they just didn't they felt like could grow better separately, which I'm like I get, but at the same time I'm, like y'all spent like 28 years together, man. It's a lot, of, a lot of money. And they're still gonna be working together on the foundation. They like they made that very yeah, good like, right. to be together. So I mean, it, it definitely it was just surprising the timing of it. I'm like, why you know what I think happen? might have happened like a little bit is just like, especially if you're in business with someone like that, like you know for that long. Sometimes it can turn more into a business partnership and like, you know, stop feeling like a relationship. Mm. I've like heard of that happening. Like, you know, like sometimes it's difficult if you're, you know, having a very serious, and they had a very serious organization together, you know, like yeah. it's a very yeah. legitimate uh, foundation, you know, very large scale operations. Like it's a lot of hard work to do all that. And, you know, sometimes it's like, your relationship kind of fades or yeah. you aren't able to spend a lot of time focusing on the relationship part of it. Yeah. Because you're yeah. spending all your time with that person talking about like maybe work or you know what I mean? Yeah. The one thing I saw was like, he stepped off of Microsoft's board, I think about a year ago. And so like, I was like, dude, maybe it was just them being stuck in the same house together. First time, like really fully involved with each other. And it just got too much. They're like, oh shit, dude. Like, we actually need a, like, a lot of space from each other. And if we're going to yeah, have Yeah, coronavirus, too. I mean, think about yeah. it. Like, they spent the last year and a half kind of like holed up together, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're going to see a lot of like marriages happening after this. And a lot of divorces, I feel like, are also going to happen. Like, not to be like, you know, like, it's just like, I mean, first of all, who gets a divorce in the middle of a pandemic, right? Like, so, even, so like, there's like people who, I mean, I'm sure people did, but you know, it's like less people probably did. Cause it's very complicated to do all that, you know, like divorce stuff. Virtually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and like, you know, like you got to like, I mean, buy another house right away. Like, you know, like where someone's got to move out. It's not even going to live together. You might, but shit's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, so there's probably an overflow of people who were going to get divorced anyway. Yeah. We're going to get, you know, those are all people lined up. Right. Yeah. And then you also probably have a lot of people who never thought they'd get divorced, but after spending a year and a half hold up with the same person in like a really small spaces, either you fell in love more or you're like, dude, I definitely can't do this shit. (laughs) (laughs) I have had enough of you (laughs) for a lifetime. One year with you, I'm done for life. Yeah. I mean, uh, (laughs) it's probably put a lot of relationships. Also, it's very stressful, right? So like people probably blew up on each other. I mean, we fought a lot in our household. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, like, Taze, what about you? What do you think about that? Well, there's this thing my mom used to say whenever I was uh, when I was a kid, and to be honest, sometimes, like, even as I've gotten older, when I'm being, like, really annoying or difficult to her, she was like, dealing with you is, like, dealing with dealing with you on this problem is, like, dealing with you for a hundred lifetimes. And I was like, damn, son, like, I guess I have to think damn. about it. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, like, yeah, maybe it just gets to, I mean, obviously it gets to a point where it's untenable, but it's, I mean, I'm curious, or like, whichever, whoever had read the thing that it was like, oh, after 28 years, we just realized like we weren't in that position, but they're still working together, right? Yeah. Um, And there's this thing I saw that like the most, the most fruitful kind of organizations are the ones that are run by a couple. Yeah. So it had me thinking, like, maybe that's what's in play, right? And Wait, know, so like, you're saying that the most fruitful relationships are run by couples? That's no, what the, the most, the most fruitful businesses, the most profitable ones, or the ones that are heavily, at least nowadays in the startup sphere that are heavily invested in, are by couples. So I was thinking, like, well, like they're all just going to end up, like, going to win the games to the point, you know? <laughs> Old Melly is making billions. Yeah, but in the meantime, in like 28 years, you could make, you know, a multi-billion dollar corporation. So I guess that could be it. It's probably that, right? It's just like it becomes a business relationship after a while. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I know that I think Melinda used to work at Microsoft. Yeah. But I don't think she was an executive at Microsoft. Um, I think they they didn't work together at Microsoft as long as they were together on I think she's like a marketing manager or something. She was doing something there, but she was, yeah, like, she was definitely she was the same level. Yeah, she wasn't the same level as Bill. Like, uh, well, obviously not. I think the C suite. Like, she was on the C suite. Yeah, she wasn't. She was. She was like. Um, she was like middle management, I think, or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, I think so. And I think they met through Microsoft, and then they ended up dating or whatever. And then... Yeah, I mean, there are there are a couple of things that I saw. I got like really surprised by. One thing is, I mean, some I don't know if this is true or not, but like some I saw a couple of people reporting that. Melinda Gates had a issue with Bill kind of like being friends with Epstein. And it's like, I'm like, okay, I can, I can see that being an issue. I don't know if that was like a part of the reason why they got a divorce, but I can, I can definitely see it happening. But Wait, like, she was friends with Bill, like from the beginning or just like lately after all the shit came out? No, I think they were, they were friends since the beginning. Bill and- no, no, I know, I know they were friends since the, I, I'm just saying that. Was she mad at Bill since the beginning, since they started that friendship, or like just lately after it found out that like he was like into some shady shit? Um, I've heard that she was upset about it before. She had like told Bill that like I'm 
whenever like he's around, yeah, it feels weird. Like he just seems a little off. And like Bill and I'm not. Do you guys remember if Epstein was involved with the, the IPO of Microsoft? I'm not sure. I have no idea. For some reason, I, I think he was involved with it, which is why I think Bill kept up with it. But I mean, I can definitely understand. You know, it's weird people. You can sense that man. So she probably had an issue. Yeah, but that seems like a really. I mean. Of course, knowing how big of a creep he was, like, is different. But, like, I'm just saying, like, I, I don't really know a lot of – yeah, that can't be the sole reason. Like, if, if if she knew, like, he was into this shit, like, if they both knew it, yeah, and then Bill was like, yeah, I still want to hang out with him, then obviously that's grounds for divorce. But I don't think yeah. that was, like, my case. I think it was more of, like, you know, like, she's just like, oh, he kind of skeeves me out. Like, can you not, like, bring him around? And he's like, yeah, yeah I still want him around, like. That doesn't seem like enough of a reason to be like, all right, divorce. Pack it up. I'm out. I don't know. Yeah, but like, yeah, that's a pretty big creep. So. Yeah. One other thing I saw yesterday was I was surprised by was that apparently like in the court funds, like their like, assets and stuff, apparently Bill and Linda Gates are like the largest owners of farmland in America. They own like 490,000, 500,000 acres. Very specific. It seems. It seems. Wait, say that again. What? Apparently, like Bill and Melinda Gates, when they were like filing for like their, like filing their assets and the divorce and everything, yeah, found out that it came out that the two of them are the largest owners of farmland in America. They own like four hundred ninety or five hundred thousand acres of farmland. And I'm like, like working farms or just the land? I think it's like working farms. Like they actually like people come and they grow. Maybe that's how, like, like, like diversifying their assets. Like, some people buy agriculture stock. These dudes, like, bought, like, agriculture. Agriculture. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, these 500,000, that's a, that's a lot of land, man. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's a state. Like, states are probably millions of square feet, right? I have no idea. What's, how many, let's say, like, Montana. I'm going to look it up. You said 400, 500 farms or 400,000 or 500,000 500,000. 500,000. 500 acres. Acres, okay. I thought like each farm was like, you know, 1,000 acres or something. I was like, yo, these guys have 500,000 farms? Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I can't understand what that means. Yeah, I don't know how much this translates to acres, but according to Google, Montana is 147,042 miles that's the area of Montana. I don't understand what that means. So I don't know how much that is in acreage, but apparently Bill and Linda Gates are a lot useless piece of information. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Basically, yeah, just no. imagine the middle of America, and it's just all owned by the Gates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, damn, dude, that's a lot of. I don't know what their plan is. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, dude, that's the yeah, definition yeah. of like, fuck you, buddy. That's just like, what do I want today? Montana. I want Montana. Dude, but it also kind of makes me like, I don't know why, but it kind of makes me nervous. Like, you know, like, rich people are just some crazy shit, dude. What if they're like building like a thing, like, you know? Like the Hunger Games? <laughs> no, like, whatever, man. They, they might be doing some crazy shit. Like, they're building, like, they know, like, the world's going to end, like, quicker like they know about the world ending like for sure also he's like, gonna he's like yo water is gonna be the most important thing in about 20 years and we're like yeah fuck you here's my design yeah zero like, <laughs> percent yeah. yeah, concerned about water yeah and i feel like i should be 
if it's going to happen in 20 years, like that seems pretty soon. <laughs> I look at it every time I watch it, I like think about the like, Quantum of Solace, the, the James Bond movie. Because when yeah. it came out in like 09, it was like the eco terrorist wants to like take over water or all this kind of stupid. Such a kind of stupid. But now it's like, yo, that is the realest thing. <laughs> we need all the water. <laughs> At the time, it's such a flimsy premise, and now it's like, yeah, this this guy made some valid points. The way he went about it, was, the guy, the way he went about it, was made valid points. <laughs> Can you imagine like a terrorist be like, like the country, the world be like, guys, we need a lot of corn. We need to like get it. And the gets like, we've been waiting for this for twenty five years. We have all the land. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. No, but like, I do. This does remind me of um, when, for the movie Interstellar, Nolan had the house uh, invest in and plant like five hundred acres of corn for the shot of the car that goes through the cornfield. And then they ended up selling those acres that actually made a profit on the farm. So, you know, good for everyone involved there. Got a movie made out of it and also made a tidy profit. It didn't really, like, impact the bottom line. That movie did amazing. But, you know, a little bit <laughs> here and there, a couple of pennies on there. Just a little side money. <laughs> yeah, a little, oh, side, little, <laughs> a little side the divorce kind of <laughs> the, the divorce kind of raised an interesting point. So I was, like, looking at it, and there's a research on, like, how the trend of divorce has happened and like how for people over the age of 50, then they're calling like a silver divorce. Now, in the back, like 20 years ago, it wasn't that much. Now it's like one in four divorces is with people over the age of 50. Really? And I was like, that's a pretty high percentage. You but think also, it might, yeah, like, why do you think that? No, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I was, yeah, I was going to say, but also like at that age, is a divorce. A beneficial thing, and obviously this is like ex- this is excluding. I'm like, is it is it worth it to get divorced when you're like 55, 57, you've been married for twenty five years, and it's like now you're forced into singledom and living a life that's fairly alone, especially nowadays where there is a growing isolation amongst people, and being social is a more difficult thing for as you I mean, get older. I feel like if people are getting a divorce, like they're probably in a position where they prefer the singledom over being with the person that they're with, you know? Like, it's not like they want to be alone. It's not like their preference, but it's also like, you know, what the hell are you going to do? Like, you, you want to be with someone that you hate? Like, that seems kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, is it hate or is it like... I mean, in some cases it's hate. Some cases yeah. it's like, just truly like, yo, I don't like love this person. Like, and and people do find it like a relationship again in their fifties and sixties and even older than that. You know what I mean? It's not like it's not like unheard of. Yeah, sure, it might be a little more difficult, but but that's the whole point. Is like you almost prefer that to being with the person that you're with. You know what I mean? I and think- some people are excited by the prospects of going out there and and finding someone new. like you know they're looking for that kind of challenge or newness. I mean, dude, we've only been doing the same shit for like after graduation, right? We've only been really doing it for like seven years. Yeah. And there's been enough like like we're still like progressing in our careers or our jobs or looking for new challenges. You know, like it's like still changing, right? Yeah. But now that's been seven years and like 
Imagine like now 30 more years of doing the same shit, dude. <laughs> like that can get, I mean, just think about like longer than you've been alive, you're going to be doing the same thing. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um, and with the same person, if you're married, you know, I mean, after 30 years, you might be like, yo, what the hell, man? I really don't want to be with this person no more. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> When did you realize you hated him? I was pouring coffee. You realized that for 30 years that fuck yeah. this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, um, Evan and I have spent a lot of time watching the Golden Girls. And I think watching that show and seeing, you know, elder women living what was a very, yes, like it was a life where they still had conflict with each other. TV shows build themselves around conflict, but the way they work through it together and that was something like, and solve those problems, which again, in the course of like a 30 minute comedy show, that's going to happen anyway. But then I think about these things where like women couldn't open a, uh, a bank account until 71. Like they wouldn't get fair credit. They like, they wouldn't be, given a credit card until like 74 through the equal credit act you weren't able to like get you know well-paying jobs or some kind of like stable income until the 80s which is when it kind of shifted over i think that's probably what it is where like now in 2021 women are able to not exactly 100 percent around 87 i believe but like 87 percent as close to and i think that's something that as close to when it comes to like building and having financial stability to live by yourself, that could be it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I was thinking of the same thing. Like it, it probably yeah. has some to do with the social economic status of women, yeah. like back then versus like, like they said, you know, it's not equal, but it's more equal than it used to be. Right. Yeah. Like, I agree with that, but I, I do agree with the premise of what you're saying. But my thing is when you're 55, 56, mm your ability to do that on your own is a lot different than if you were divorced at 32, 33. Yeah. Yeah. But people have kids and sometimes they don't want to get like divorced. Agreed. I don't know. I don't, I don't know yeah. Like I don't know why they didn't get divorced, but it's like the idea that at 57, a woman will, you know, get a divorce and all of a sudden be able to truly benefit from all the benefits done in the last 45, 50 years. Age plays a factor. Age is a real thing. And it's like, and even going to a company, brand new company, doing all this stuff, there is a that plays a factor in higher people's minds. It plays a factor in how you're going to be able to support yourself. And I guess I guess my thing is, how much do you have to hate someone, or really think a relationship is bad, for you to actually do that? Because I'm like, Wait, what do you like? What do you mean? Have you never been in like a bad relationship, and you're like, I have, but I've also never been in a relationship for 27 years. <laughs> like, if I was in a relationship for 27 years. I've, I, I would assume I will have reached a point of like, this is just a homeostasis. This is just level. If I can just like be, even if I don't love them, love them anymore, but I'm still like, I care for them. I want their best for them. And like, I can just maintain that civility kind of like uh, as a very, very close friend. Yeah. Like I, I could potentially understand it doing that as opposed yeah. to being alone in a struggle. And especially, especially from a woman's side, I'm like, I think. If you're in a bad relationship early, because I'm not saying like it's in the hiring force, because like like I said, like you said, when they were coming up, they didn't get to, to build their own finance. They didn't get to build their yeah. own assets. So like now, because they're at 58, they didn't get the benefits of all this stuff back then. Mm. So when they're divorcing, they actually have to now have to build upon credentials that they don't have yet, right? They weren't able to get the jobs that were there before, so they don't really have a resume yeah. as much to stand on. 
they were more likely to take breaks in their work in order to child raise and stuff exactly. like So they're probably, and again, but you know what it could be, right? In lot of you had brought up for Bill and Melinda Gates, uh, said like after 28 years, like we just needed to have our own separate paths. And I think like in any kind of relationship, in, a, in anything, you're like building together towards something. And after you've built and you've reached that pinnacle, it's like, well, what's next? Another thing to have like goal setting and goal achieving and then, you know, resetting that whole cycle, essentially. At some point, it's like, well, we've accomplished all the goals we need to accomplish. So like, now what? I mean, you know, make like, forests on your 500,000 acres of land, man. Like, we need, <laughs> we need more trees. Okay? Go do that. <laughs> I mean, a lot they, of things. <laughs> they definitely have goals that are really, like, not achieve. Not that they're not achievable, but, like, they're, like, goals that are, like, oh, improving, like, the environment. Like, you know, yeah. like, that's just, like, a never-ending goal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we can always be doing something better. Yeah. The environment, you know, or like, I mean, they their foundation focuses a lot on like healthcare, right? Yeah, so everything it's like, like education, healthcare, all stuff. Yeah, they yeah they do everything, but like, uh, I think one of the main things that they do is I think healthcare. Okay, I don't they have know, a I huge. Know. I think they have a huge biotech and, and pharma division. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, getting pharma like not only just like coming up with stuff, like grants, but like and you stuff. know, administering it, getting access, you know, more people access things like that. But I mean, those things are all things that, like, you know, you can't really do enough of. You know, yeah. like, you can always somehow make it better, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, I, I see your point. Is that at some point they probably are gonna be like, you know, you almost have to like look inwards, right? Yeah. Like they've done so much externally that they probably had this last year to kind of focus inwards, mm-hmm. maybe together, right? Especially with Bill off the board or whatever the hell, like, you know, it's probably yeah. one of those. So, yeah, I mean, but that's what I think that, dude, like, you have to hit. Yeah, it's weird because, like, normally, you know, within, like, the first six months to a year for relationships, not going to work out, right? Like, yeah. Um, and sometimes you'll even try to, like, make it work for a couple of years or three years or whatever, you know, five years, whatever. Yeah. Some people, you know, will really make it. And sometimes it's good and goes bad kind of thing. Yeah. But 28 years just seems like a long time to figure it out. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very long time. <laughs> yeah. And like, when did he step down as like CEO of Microsoft? Like seven years ago? Something like that? I don't know. It was like, I think it was like, it was down or eight years ago. And I'm like, dude, like you had a lot of free time where you could have like, not free, quote unquote, like a lot more time. <laughs> Or like you could be home and like you were dealing with your wife and like you ever got through whole that whole thing and now he was just like yeah I'm not feeling it I'm like dude this is like a not it's good. very strange yeah I don't know it's a very strange situation but also they're rich as fuck so like I don't know like rich people got like just like, <laughs> like yeah. you know they don't have time for regular ass Yo, problems I so. saw they don't know I saw like what after they announced the divorce Melinda Gates and like the family. They rented out an island, a full off, island. off of like Grenada. And I was like, huh? And it was like $160,000 a night. And I'm like, first of all, that still seems too little for an island. But also, yeah, that seems way too little for an island. <laughs> rented out an entire <laughs> island. And Bill is hiding out like a billionaire exclusive golf club. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what? Y'all live very different lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I'm having a... I'm, if, dude, if something got rid of wood, like a divorce happens, I will be in your garages. <laughs> I'll just be like, dude, I'm going to be drinking here in my underwear for the next month. Just don't bother me. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I can't just, like... I don't have 15 homes to, like, skip off to if I get a divorce, you know? Like, yeah. Bro, I'll be lucky if I have two, maybe, like, you know, or something. Maybe, like, three, maybe. Like, you know, that seems <laughs> if like I can go to a vacation for a week, I, great. <laughs> like, that's yeah. a, that's an achievement. <laughs> this dude, yeah, he's got, like, a full-blown 44,000-square-foot complex. That's his house. 44,000 square feet. What the fuck? Like, you can get the divorce and stay in the same place other side of the building. Bro, just vacuuming. Just think about vacuuming. <laughs> just like think about the vacuuming that needs to Very go into. Cool. Dude, just hire me to vacuum. It's cool. I'll do it. It's fine. Like a four, like I think our our current house is like thirty five hundred square feet. Mm-hmm. And dude, there's like Roombas going all day. Like yeah. you know, just like uh, got to vacuum every single day, man. Something is messy. <laughs> it's a pain in the ass to take care of. It's exhausting. Imagine, imagine like a freaking forty-four thousand. Also, it's like seven bedrooms, which, I mean, for a rich person, that seems like a reasonable amount of bedrooms. Yeah, it actually kind of seems unreasonable that in a forty-four thousand square foot house, you wouldn't have more than seven bedrooms. Yeah, that's seven seems less. Seven seems too little for that size. For sure, for sure. I was thinking about that too. And they have like, I think they have three daughters, or two daughters and a son. Or I think they have three kids. Yeah, some of them. I don't know. That's a basically you only got like three spare bedrooms. That seems reasonable. Um, that seems like a lot of bedrooms, but still, like I just feel like there's there's just not. <laughs> but how many bedrooms? I don't understand. <laughs> why? Yeah, why don't you guys have more bedrooms? And but they have twenty four bathrooms, which now that seems unreasonable. That's unreasonable. That's <laughs> the ratios are off. The ratios are off. <laughs> I don't understand the twenty four bathrooms, like. I mean, what the heck is happening? You know. Also, I just <laughs> keep thinking about like I keep thinking about the little Wayne. Like I got ten bathrooms, I can shit all day. I mean, you got twenty four yeah. bathrooms. Who else going? You can, you can quite literally shit in a different bathroom for a full day every hour. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's just actually ridiculous. Yeah. You could have diarrhea and you could not go to all the bathrooms. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Bill, sell it, man. Come on. <laughs> but then, so, so, so that was all very shocking to me, right? The ratios. Yeah. But then, then I'm like, you know, then I'm like, what the hell else is in this house? Yeah. I mean, you got a kitchen, you got a living room, probably a family room, office, like a office, and you got like, uh, you know, your seven bedrooms and twenty four bathrooms. I feel like that maybe is ten thousand square feet. If yeah. we're talking about some massive ass rooms, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what the hell is with the other thirty thousand? I mean, maybe maybe the complex is like forty four thousand, so there's like a bunch of darts and shit, you know, like a pool, guest you know? houses. Yeah, probably or like a uh, a um, guest bathroom. <laughs> yeah, they probably have a guest house. They probably have like, you think they have like any like live in staff? Maybe you must. In order to take care of all that, you have to. Yeah, and like landscaping is probably real painful. And it's all like real high tech. I feel like I would need like a 100% like IT person there. You know, like, <laughs> you know? I need my IT professional to work and live here to tell me how to use my internet. Think about it though. Like, you know, like that's like the, probably the most, 
yo, like, my fucking lights aren't turning on because it's, like, remote is not working. How am I going to, Yeah, you know? But his whole house is connected with a bunch of shit. I'm just going to say, the CEO of Microsoft, I'm pretty <laughs> sure will not need an IT professional to live in his house to tell him how to use this stuff. Dude, it's a different thing, like, you know? And what if he has an iPhone or something, you know? <laughs> probably what it was, he probably found that, like, Melinda went and bought an iPhone, and he's, like, not in this house, and she's like, don't be ridiculous. He's like, no, I'm, I'm being serious. You cannot bring that product in here. That's 100% what it is. 100% yeah. she bought Two of the, two like, of the smartest people yeah. and most successful people in the world, they probably broke up over the purchase of an iPhone. It's yeah, always it's the smallest thing, though. In any relationship, it's always the smallest thing. It's like, yo, why'd you buy Raisin Bran? I like Raisin Bran Crunch. You don't understand me. You don't ever it listen sounds to like me. It sounds like an exact thing that happened to that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you jump straight to the Raisin Bran? Like, I was like, what? <laughs> but seriously, man, the smallest thing just triggers you aren't listening to me. And next thing you know, you're splitting up billions of dollars because you're getting a divorce. You gotta, you gotta be an active listener, you know. No matter what, you just you gotta try your best to be. An this active guy listener. just randomly gives like these little tidbits of relationship. <laughs> guy gets into a relationship. Active listener, like, all right, thanks, dude. Guys, I moved in near my girlfriend. I know a relationship. To I know. <laughs> yeah. Near, 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 not with. He's <laughs> yeah. living in the same neighborhood now. Congratulations. Be like in the Gates house, like because it's so big. There's probably two different zip codes that like overlap. <laughs> she put the wrong zip code in. Hit the iPhone. Got delivered to his side of the house. That's how he found out. Melinda, <laughs> you cheating like, on me? <laughs> I feel like you know. To your point, though, like, um, they probably. Like, could have stayed together and still never have seen each other if they yeah, wanted to. Yeah, 100% you know I mean? could have. <laughs> like, they have a lot of houses. They have islands. Islands. You know, an island. <laughs> yeah. Like, not, they're, they're renting one, but they own one. So I don't know why they didn't go to the one that they own. Different scenery, different beach. <laughs> different sand. I don't know. Yeah, man. they probably they want pictures of Bill all over the house, like, on the island. <laughs> Like, oh. goddamn, this fucking guy. <laughs> Try to get away from it, but I can't. <laughs> but I will go also, with Steve on Monday. I think the whole, point, the whole point was to go to the island to get away from Bill. I think Bill was not invited. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so what they're doing is, like, they probably picked an island and, like, said, like, Bill can't fly here because his ass could easily jump on, like, a... <laughs> his own plane. <laughs> yeah, several. Probably, he probably has several. Yeah. <laughs> he just buys the next door island. And his kids, so what do you guys think about this, though? Like, this whole, like, thing where, like, you, you know, like, even Warren Buffett or something, like, you know, they all, like, earmarked only a certain sum of money for their kids and not, like, a big chunk of it. Um, not even, like, I'm not even talking about, like, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, Bill doesn't need to give them, like, a billion dollars each or something. But but I kind of feel like that's, like, w- would be reasonable. Like, just give them each a billion dollars. You still have, like. Hundred and like seven billion dollars and land, and well, this is—I mean, he doesn't have like cash. All of this money is in the form of land and things like that. Yeah, like mostly Microsoft stock, probably. But yeah. like, yeah. still, like you know, like give him some. I don't know. I feel like yeah, you want to help the world and donate like a big chunk of your wealth to the world, which I think is great. But 
I mean, I kind of feel bad for the kids. Like, you don't need a billion dollars, you know? That still means $107 billion for the world. Yeah. And, like, your kids, each, I mean, I feel like a billion is fair. I mean, you know, $10 million, what's, what's fair is fair. Good about. <laughs> what's fair is fair. <laughs> I mean, 10, 10 mil is a lot. I'm going to be yeah, honest. Dude, that, that seems kind of odd. No, you're thinking like you, right? Like, oh, yeah. if I had 10 mil, it would make uh, so much of my life different, right? Like, I agree. But I'll act a fool. I would act a fool. You give me 10 mil right now, I'm going to have some baby mouths. Why is that your priority with 10 mil? It's not my priority. It'll happen. Bro, if I got $10 million, I'd be so stressed out about the taxes. <laughs> Complete different direction of mind. Almost like calling this attorney. Like, yo, I'm afraid of my taxes. What do I do? I'm out there like, yeah, who wants them? <laughs> yeah, but dude, you're only going to have like 5 mil of that to like use. So uh, my first call, if someone gave me $10 million, would be like, Yo, where do I hide this shit? Like, you know, I'm just kidding. Government, I pay my taxes. You buy farmland. Like, that really helps. Yeah, buy farmland, bro. And hide it in there. Or open a foundation. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but then I gotta like, you know, but then I can't go like, you know, like, oh, he's at the foundation, like spending the money in Miami for like a weekend, like <laughs> business trip. Like, I can't expense that probably. You know? <laughs> Tell you, what are you gonna be spending these ten million dollars on? I would like to buy. <laughs> I would like to go to this island that Melinda Gates went to. I just want to see it. Like, see what I can find. Yeah, one night. I just want to see. You want to see it? See what all the fuss is about? Like, oh, why, why is this the first place you got to go? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is only. It's like one one hundredth of your money, basically. Yeah, that's fine. That's. Yeah. I mean, I would use one one hundredth of the money to just rent yeah. an island for a night. Yeah, yeah. From that, definitely worth um, it. But, you know, fast cars. Uh, I like to so do proud when I drive. So, <laughs> for the record, all jokes, I will not have baby mamas. Taze will not be committing crimes, and Elmer will not do tax fraud. Okay? <laughs> Just for the not record. Fraud. I'm not fraud, but like I would certainly explore ways to maximize my. Uh, money with that, you know, like I'm just saying, like not fraud, but there's like you know retention, yeah, yeah. I can keep as much of it as possible <laughs> under the rules. Are you comfortable with the word scheme? Like, are you comfortable with the word scheme? Like a retention scheme? Or does that sound uh, negative? It sounds super sleazy, dude. Like yeah. retention. Like you kind of like the more you kind of like you know like try to walk around it. The more yeah. it sounds sleazy, you know, like it's not because, like, like because I'm not doing tax fraud. I'm doing retention scheme. I'd be like, dude, that's tax fraud. <laughs> 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 that's exactly like what I would call tax fraud. The one thing that always gets me, like whenever in India, like you look at, oh, this new development is being built and they call it like, you know, what they call that development, a new scheme that's coming. And I'm always like, hmm, sounds sus. Yeah, yeah scheme is not a great word. Yeah, yeah this is the word they used to be like. Oh, this new development in 2022 luxury development. I'm like, oh, this new luxury development scheme, and I'm just like, like who's writing this? This is a, sounds like a dumb person who's wrote like. Yeah, I mean, this. yeah, it's it's like the the translation it doesn't always. Yeah, the translation doesn't always work there. Yeah, like oh, luxury rental scheme. I'd be like, what the hell? 
This sounds like a pyramid scheme to me. Like, I will not be living here, sir. <laughs> it's like it's like another you know, it's another good example of that. Like enhanced interrogation techniques. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah. That sounds like torture as fuck. <laughs> yeah, torture as fuck. <laughs> oh my god. No, but back to the point. I think I think ten mil is good. I I would no, I might, I might bump good. it. I might bump it to like for you. thirty. I'm saying for the kids, thirty mil maybe. Oh, okay. But like after that, it's like God, man. Like go build something, go do something with yourselves. If I give my kids a billion dollars, okay. they're not doing anything. I guarantee it. I know, I know. <laughs> but like, don't they deserve that? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. I'm well. I mean, I personally, you know. Ain't giving my kids shit. <laughs> we talked about this. Our kids are getting twenty-year-old pickup vans for their first car, man. That's yeah, sad. dude, that's what I had. Yeah, God's it's caravan. so sad, dude. Driving that shit to like, like high school, <laughs> and it was kind of nice though because you could like take a bunch of your friends, you know, like it was yeah. fun. Yeah, and I had like the power doors too, so it was like you know, like we would all like it's kind of like a. A goofy rollout, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I saw the full like, manual labor shoving closed. Oh my yeah. god! I remember like that thing could not go 100 miles per hour. You hit like it shakes so much. Yeah, dude. the doors are rattling. <laughs> Still the most exciting drive I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Just hitting 60 of that thing, like yeah. And I didn't even have so I had radio. I had a cassette player. Yep. That's, that's nice. it. That's um, it. <laughs> yeah. And though, well, so in my Maxima, I had a Maxima too, a 97 Maxima. And that one, that one, it didn't have nothing like uh, the, 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 the radio thing, like whatever that thing's called, like the yeah. dashboard thing. Console, whatever. Yeah. The screen, it was like a, you remember, there's like a, almost like a gray, like greenish screen that would tell you like what radio station you yep. had it on. Or yep, yep. If it was on FM or AM or if it was on, you know, um, that whole thing, it, it went black. So I couldn't know what station things were on. Like, you know, like <laughs> I couldn't switch from, like, CD. Well, that thing didn't even have a CD player. It just had a cassette player. Yeah. So we had, like, those cassette player aux yeah, cables. Yeah, yeah. Remember that shit? That was real. <laughs> uh, and then at some point, the speakers always blew out. And a horrible sound came out of them. <laughs> but you just still listen to it. If you put it low enough, you could still hear the music. And it yeah. wouldn't, like, make, like, a weird sound. So I was just like, all right. Like, I'll listen to, like, volume three, like. Jay-Z on cassette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old so days. My van had a CD player in it. So then I'd have to make CDs. But, like, the MP3s wouldn't work, so I only could, like, put, like, put 10 or 11 CD. songs on each CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I had one of those, uh, what's it, those little booklets? Mm-hmm. The CD uh, booklets. That was real. Yeah, just with hundreds of CDs that I burned. I saw this one thing where it was, like, I can't believe I have time for all that shit. Yeah. That's like so much shit. <laughs> I was listening to this podcast. Uh, it's called like the 60 songs that made the 90s. Or, and it was yeah. like, they're talking about Crash Into and they're like, first of all, flipping through someone's CD booklet was the most intimate thing you could do back in the 90s because you would know exactly what kind of person you're dealing with. And yeah. I'm like, yo, that is 100% true. Like giving someone the inside look into what your CD pouches, your CD booklet, was like, okay, I trust you with this. This is some real personal stuff. Yeah. And mine of them always had like summer volume two, like summer volume three, summer volume four. <laughs> yeah. And then I would like write like on the CD, like the songs. Yeah. But like no fucking particular order. 
and <laughs> I'd run out of space at some point, you know. So it was just like one, like big ass letters, like you know, this You're is the album. Down, yeah. And then by number fourteen, it's like going diagonal, like you know, like on the side. <laughs> yeah. Using initials for songs. You know? <laughs> yeah, just like I can't even understand it. It just like just says R I. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, just play it, dude. Just like, play it. <laughs> oh, man. oh, those are the good old days. But yeah, our kids aren't gonna get anything. Even if I was a billionaire, I would want to make sure like my kids have more than enough for like. I just want them to be motivated to be healthy. Yeah, I just but like yeah, they need to be motivated and like know. It's like, like they're hundred percent gonna get into like drugs or something, you know? I mean, if they are like billionaires. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I'm not not saying, like, you shouldn't experiment. Like, yeah, do your thing. But I want my kids to be, like, fucking, like, you know. Snooty. Yeah, or, like, do, like, hard shit. You know, like, I don't want to do, like, racing The best rehab places do cost a lot of money. So, like, you know, that should always leave that there for them. I don't or want don't give him that to go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you yeah, can just cut it out the bud, man. <laughs> the problem, actually, yeah, that, <laughs> it's just like I'm gonna give them enough to get them the addiction, then give them more to get them off I the mean, addiction. At least they learned something. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, you get two thousand dollars, ninety two Dodge Caravan, you're good, uh, <laughs> you're set, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, two thousand dollars, dude. I'm not giving them two thousand dollars. Pretty good, dude. What the hell is he going to do with $2,000? He's going to end up doing something stupid. He's going to yeah. buy a Taco Bell sandwich and like the man. That's all he gets money for, man. No, 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 no. $2,000 is like, uh, for a teenager, dude, they're going to do some dumbass shit with it. You got to throw some like bullshit ass Project X party in my backyard. I'm going to so $2,000. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Project I mean, you can definitely buy a shit ton of beer and like vodka, probably. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, yeah, for two grand, you could definitely, you could definitely have a. You could throw a razor, dude. You could definitely throw a razor. No, as in like challenge it's fine accepted. Like, <laughs> yeah, five hundred dollars a pizza. It's five hundred dollars a pizza. Their or their brain yeah. function, but yeah, I get it. Like, I, I was there too. Think about five hundred dollars at Domino's, um, and then you know, I'm pretty hungry. I'm hungry. But <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what do you think, like their version of four loco is going to be? Like, cause I, I was thinking what well, you White Claw came out with the something. It's called like the Surge. Yeah, something like that. White Claw Surge, and like literally, it's like, uh, like I think, I think a normal White Claw is like four or five percent alcohol, mm-hmm. and the Surge has apparently like close to ten percent. I think it's like double. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's and it has like I probably I don't know if it has energy drink in it, but the name would suggest Some it does. Yeah, but yeah. maybe that's just like you know that's they're just like. Hinting at it, but they aren't actually doing it. They're like, wink, wink, wink. Yeah. I was said earlier about how they're about, you know, kids' first car. Their first, our kids' first car is probably going to be like electric powered or solar powered. Just like, that just seems to be the way it is. Um, in fact, it'll be I like. Mean, particularly with this oil crisis, you hear about that shit? Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But yeah, you're saying, Tays? Yeah, like the I'm about to see. Uh, their first car is gonna. 
Jeez. That, that hey, I was like, oh, you heard edit, boy. I was like, you just sneezed. Like, edit that out. <laughs> He's like still talking. I'm like, I can't do anything with this, man. I can do zero things. <laughs> he just came around. Uh, and he did end up sneezing. I can feel it coming uh, in like five, ten minutes from now. My <laughs> blood pressure went up thinking about the effort to try to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Their first car is probably going to be like solar or electric power or something like that. It's not going to run on gasoline. I was thinking about that. I was like, that's probably most likely going to be the case. I, there was this video of the uh, one of the Teslas, one of the larger Teslas that was driving around in Times Square looking like just a futuristic, jingoistic, mad car. I mean, not the biggest you know Tesla fan. Namai is. He loves that shit. Um, and he's probably going to be right about that too. Like it's going to be annoying. Like we said, he's probably going to be right about that too. Bro, but... I'm going to be dead ass. I did not follow your train of thinking at all. I heard jingoistic in my mind. Just <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, like I'm always going to finish and explain jingoistic to me and how it applies to car. So there's this uh, video of a <laughs> jingoistic. I was like, it's like a jingle. <laughs> it has the qualities of being a jingle. Is it ice cream truck just going down the yeah. street? Yeah. It was the Tesla Cybertruck. It was in uh it was driving around in Times Square, looking like very future futuristic and looking very sick and kind of like spooky also because it's very quiet. Yeah, it's very quiet, but it's also like very it looks very impactful in the sense that um it looks very threatening on it, the way that it's designed and everything. Really? It looks, wow. it, and it's just, I mean, it's interesting. I don't, I'm pretty sure. And so on that train of thought, I'm not saying that because I'm the biggest Elon Musk fan. I know Namaya does like a lot of stuff that Elon does. And he's probably going to be right when it comes to, you know, Tesla's imprint in the car industry five, 10 years from now, which is why I was thinking that, you know, 15, 15 or 20 years from now, whenever we do have kids that are of driving age, they will probably have an electric or a solar powered car or something that they can So you're drive. assuming I'm going to give them a car that's relatively new. <laughs> I'm going like, to give them a gas powered car, but like, oh, buddy, go find some gas stations. You better be proper with your gas. There's one gas station that closed at 6 p.m. You got point. that much time. <laughs> you got to be careful. Did you hear people are like, sh- like, Filling like plastic bags filled with gas, like how stupid do you gotta be, dude? Yeah, that's wild. Like what kind of like dude? Yeah, a little background on this for people that might yeah, not is know. Yeah, this just like a reaction to what you guys were saying earlier about like the gas shortage. Yeah, so the Colonial Pipeline over towards the end of last week, early this weekend, um, was essentially hacked by a hacker organization called Darkside. It is based out of Russia. It was funny because after the hack occurred. They basically let out thing. They're like, yo, 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 we are not political. We are just trying to get money. We are not trying. We're not on behalf of the Russian government. Because they're like, yo, we went too far. We really fucked up here. Yeah, dude, that's a that that would be an act of war. Yeah, <laughs> so you're like, no, 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 no. This is not a political thing. Please do not drop a bomb here. And then, um, so basically, half of the eastern seaboard's oil comes from this pipeline. It goes from basically in Houston, goes up to the southeast, up towards in Linden, New Jersey, has a couple offshoots from on that pipeline. 
and it was basically just shut down. And I think as of two days ago, uh, they were still not open. They're trying to send some trucks out and trying to get gas to stations, but about 8%, I think cumulatively about 11,000 gas stations had run out of gas. And so places in like Atlanta and Florida, like I'm not saying, were just hoarding all the gas they could. They were just showing up with like 15 gallon, or no, 50 gallon tubs to fill up gasoline. They're just loading up on it. And everyone's like, don't panic button. Like, this will get sorted out. Do not do this. And everyone's like, I haven't driven in about a week and a half, but I'm still going to go get more. And it's like, you guys just relax. I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely some people that they really need to be able to drive to and from work. True. You know? True. And, I mean, you think about, like, frontline workers, you know, you think about people who, you know, or use their jobs to, like, you know, kind of, like, I mean, everyone make, uses their jobs to make ends meet, but, you know, there's some people who need to, like, live mouth you know, to, or hand yeah, to like mouth. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly, hand to mouth. So, like, that, like, I feel for those people, you know, like, they're probably panicking. So I don't want to, like, you know, undermine their, like, struggles there, but, like, at the same time, dude, like, filling a bunch of fucking plastic bags with gasoline, just, like, come on, like, get a <laughs> container or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just get a container, man. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, last, last I heard today was that they have started to get some of the pipeline opened up, and it should probably be fully opened up by the end of this week, early next week. But the thing that really, like, sparked my mind on that was we, like, in this last year, it's like we really kind of were living in a world where, like, we thought our there's a solid safety net. Like, everything's working fine, and, like, our stability of our, like, lives are, like, fairly set. But then it was, like, I really started some of the coronavirus, like, yo, our health system is very much sensitive <laughs> to, like, we don't have a lot of, like, you know, warehousing anymore. That stopped in the 90s. It was, like, basically, as you need, this stuff's available, but not really a, a, a warehouse of goods. And then I saw this happen, and I was, like, <laughs> these guys hacked it, but what if, like, the power just went out, and, like, you couldn't actually get the servers up and like the backup was gone the whole eastern seaboard was not would be like without oil like legitimately and and they were saying that that's all a guy on bbc yesterday saying i think from rbc capital but he was saying that we are kind of lucky that this is happening when the weather is warmer because it's a just a good chunk of people that actually warm their houses with gasoline on the eastern seaboard and so this was happening during winter time we could have a, a legitimate crisis happening and it was like it blew my mind i was like wow we are that sensitive to like a slight offshoot and like lives multiple millions of lives just get drastically impacted well and even even people who have like electrical like you know like i don't i like it didn't resonate with me as much because like i don't have like i have a tesla but like i mean dude like there would be so much panic on the streets Mm -hmm. that's real like think about the panic and like, even if you're not personally impacted in that you're not buying gasoline or, you know, you don't need it or whatever, like, just imagine people freaking out all over the place. Like that's, that would impact your life. Yeah. Like, like I definitely you know, thought about I feel it. like there's like, good. like oil, oil, like shortages impact other things, like your ability to get, you know, like your shit, dude, like who the hell's going to drive their Amazon trucks without gasoline? There's no fucking mm -hmm. gas. Like, <laughs> 
No, that's yeah, real. Like that's groceries, real. Groceries aren't going to be able to make it to the grocery store. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like we take it to like, you know, you probably don't need the shit from Amazon, but definitely need groceries. Yeah, I need food. <laughs> and that's the fatalism with the mentality that does exist, especially during like a panic where people are like, let me just hoard up as much as possible. It's like, if, if I got mine, I don't, then that's it. But it's like, no, it, it affects if you're hoarding unnecessarily. What happens is that, like you said, other, you know, other people can't get to what they need to do, which is how you get, which is how, like, we all are connected now in this economy where, like, you know, your your delivery driver won't be able to deliver the food and, like, groceries won't get there and packages won't get on time. So, yeah. it's Well, uh, so, like, even when the coronavirus started, my my mom, like, bought a shit ton of toilet paper, dude. I yeah. was, first of all, I was like, dude, out of all the goddamn things, right? Like... <laughs> Like, I get it, we need it, but we don't actually absolutely need it, yeah. right? Like, we can manage with other shit. Um, but this is, excuse the podcast. Yes, nice. <laughs> well good. done. Well, round of applause. Round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but it's like, you know, like, what the hell, man? Like, we're still using that damn toilet paper. I'm like, Mom, look, the grocery store's normal as hell. Like, <laughs> nothing happened, man. Like, you know. <laughs> But it's the fear, right? Like, yeah. I admittedly, I do have a bidet, so I did not need to worry at all. Um, but I was like, but that fear exists, and I, I that fear is palpable. Like, what if, definitely, boys, right? What if toilet paper, like, you could not get anymore, right? Like, okay. what if that happened? I don't, I don't know. Like, what would the world look like? I have no idea. India, it would use I mean, water. Everyone would have cleaner butts, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> a very specific thing that'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I will. Uh, I gotta wipe my butt, buddy. <laughs> net, net positive. Okay, I like this. This is good. <laughs> yeah, more yeah. trees get to like stay alive. Yeah, I mean, true. like, true. it seems like a actually we should have a <laughs> movement. <laughs> Cancel toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, we found that. I mean, I still like you know, like even if I'm using a bidet. Like, I still, like, you know, after the bidet is done doing its business, I still prefer to use a little bit of toilet paper drive the situation. What if you got a little, a little air dryer down there, like a little blow dry? That seems kind of just gross. Get a shampoo and a blowout on your butthole. That, like, only millionaires and billionaires would have, like, you yeah, but the only, Bill Gates, only Bill Gates gets to have it? <laughs> well, it's not like, first of all, you wash your butt with water. You didn't wash it with, like, sanitizing stuff, like soap and stuff, you know? So now you got a blow dryer and you're just like blow drying like your fecal matter all over the place, dude. Like, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. This is gross. I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> all right. Next topic. All right. Tell you, tell you, what do you got, buddy? What's been on your mind the last week and a half? I am curious to see what you guys think about – and this is a topic that's been on my mind the last couple of weeks and it might take a little bit more than – a little bit longer amount of time. But one of the things that Alma was talking about when we done like our, our pre-recording call, you were talking about how you engage with different friends in different ways, especially during the past year and a half, but in general, I would say. Like we can talk about it broadly. We can talk about it in the context of COVID. Like what do you guys use? Are there different techniques? Because some people... They're like, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Some friends that we have, some people that we know, out of sight, out of mind. And then there's some people that are like checking in every day. I'm not personally like that, you know? But whenever something clicks in my mind to make me think about the person, then that's when the messages come. 
It's like, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on how that works. Like, how do you engage with different friends in a friend group, whether that's in the group chat, personally, like, kind of just was thinking about that a little bit. Yeah, you mean, like, adjusting for the needs of your friend? Like, yeah. like you, may, you may not like being checked up on every day or, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, whatever. I, I don't know why people would be checking up on people every day. But... people do? That's the crazy part. Like, I'm not yeah, know, it seems kind of aggressive, dude. <laughs> Every day, I all day I'd be like, dude, dude, you're being annoying now. Like, <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, if there's like a death in the family or something, yeah, maybe like check up on me like after that. Yeah, and maybe like the day after that, and maybe one more day after that, <laughs> two days maximum. I wouldn't check up on me more than that. <laughs> the second day seems like a lot. Maybe just the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like yeah i said three days this, i i i'm back out back out actually just don't get out to one day one day one day i mean it's reasonable to check up on that day you get one text, that's it no more days <laughs> there is there's one theory that i heard uh from a friend because i told uh vish who you both have met that i was gonna probably talk about this on this week's episode and so I was like, he, he was like, you know, some people, they're like, if I need help, I will ask. Like, if I need you to check up on me, I will ask for, for that. I was like, okay, that's you know, probably a good way. But then that's the thing. That would require someone to actually say that. And most of the time, it's not like someone saying, hey, I need to talk. And then it's, it's more like there's that feeling that comes, oh, maybe I should. Maybe something seems off. Yeah. And even, like, within the group of chat that we all are on, the five of us, like, there's some that are just messaging every day about random pop culture events that are happening or basketball or Knicks. And then there's someone who's like talking about more broader kind of like mind or I guess thought provoking kind of questions, or even when we hang out in person, right? That's kind of how it ends up being. So I want to know what your thoughts were on that. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I think a big thing about that is like, when you say people can recognize and feel out what people require and stuff. And I mean, that's more like the different intelligences, intelligences that are out there. Like, you know, two, one of them is like internal emotional intelligence and external emotional intelligence. You know, like one, you know, like, you know, understanding your own feelings and how you function and what you're actually feeling in that moment, but also be able to like be in a room and like have that EQ to understand, like, I can send something's off with it, even without them saying something, or I can, mm-hmm. I can feel based on the reaction how someone's behaving. And that, that actually is a, an intelligence that some people have. But I think in terms of like what we were talking about more broadly, like how people, we balance friendships differently. We, we balance relationships differently. When you told me about that in our pre-production call, I really thought of like kind of the idea of like love languages, which like I actually did not know were the thing until about a year ago. when like, I don't know, a girl was telling me about them. And I was like, tell me more. And I was like, that is an important thing in friendships. Tell me more about this girl though first. <laughs> this was a year ago. This was, okay, this was part of April when I had the date set up for May. That all fell okay. down. Yeah, this all fell apart. I'm not going to make that noise again, but I am thinking about making that noise. Mm. <laughs> oh, you're mentally moving. Huh? Okay. Such a great Give him a girlfriend. Yeah, he's such a great And I did the noise. <laughs> but um, I really thought, like, you know, like, there is a friend language or a love language amongst friends in a platonic mm-hmm. way to understand how they interact. 
I think we've in this past year, especially we've learned more about that because we've been forced to be more attuned to our friends' reactions. Before when it was in person, we could see it more. It was more in front yeah. of our eyes. But now we're able to see like, oh, hey, the person that's usually texting a lot, all of a sudden is quiet. For even yeah. for if it was like four or five days, you'd be like, something might be off. Let me hit them up. Or like you, you're paying more attention to like the structure of the message that are coming out or the voice when you call them, like how they're sounding. And especially in this past year, where like a lot of emotional turbulence has been there in people's lives and in the relatives' lives. It's, it, it's improved our emotional intelligence. And so it's definitely an interesting thing. What about you? Yeah, it, it's like a weird, uh, I mean, not weird, but it's like definitely, I've noticed that about myself a lot this year. It's just like, how I treat, you know, certain friends differently based on how they like to be, you know, mm. communicated with, you know, like, yeah, um, like I, because I personally, like, I mean, you guys know me, I'm a bit of a, uh, like, you know, I'm not super communicative all the time, you know, and kind of do my, you know, I don't need to talk to you every day kind of thing. That seems like yeah. a lot, you know, yeah. or if like something's going on in my life, like I'm going to like solve it by myself and then inform you after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's just how I prefer to do things. Yeah, and then I, I feel like I definitely have, but like that doesn't mean that's how I'll treat other people, right? Like, mm. like some people when they're having like a tough day, they want to talk about their day, or, like as it's happening, or like vent, you know, mm. as it's happening. And so for those people, yeah. like yeah, I'll go out of my way to like hit them up, check in on them, you know. I almost like become more dramatic, you, mm. you know. Like it'll be like, yo, man, like this happened, and like in my head, I'm like. Like whatever that shit happens to me too. Like it's not a big deal, but, <laughs> but that's just to me it's not right. But like yeah. that doesn't yeah. mean to that person it's not a big deal, right? Like you still you still should like respect like everyone's kind of their feelings about it. Yeah, their feelings about it. Like you know, like I I was like talking to my sister about it the other day, like you know about this concept that um or I wasn't really talking to my sister about it, but what I was realizing is like. You know, like the rudest thing you can say to someone is like, oh, don't worry about that. It's not a big deal. Like, you know, yeah. when you're older, you'll realize that it was never a big deal. Like, you know, not, I don't know. Imagine having a problem with your like buddies in like college or like high school or something, you know, you like fight over the dumbest shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you'd be so upset like over like a week because like you weren't talking to them or you had like, you know, like all kinds of shit, right? Like whatever, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, when I say that now, I'm like, oh, don't worry. Like, obviously, now as adults, we look back at those things and are like, yo, we were like worried about the stupidest shit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the time, that stupid shit is a big deal to that person. You know, yeah. like it's like they don't realize it yet because they don't have other bigger problems yet. Yeah. But like, if it, that's still your biggest version of your problem, like it's still your biggest version of your problem. Like you're still gonna have that same reaction. Yeah. You know, yeah. Of, like being stressed out about it. Like you know. So, I mean, it's definitely, like, an important way to, like, make sure you're respecting your own, like, styles and your preferences. But at the same time, like, you know, maintaining a relationship, whether it be a friendship or a real relationship, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about, like, adjusting and compromising to how the other person also likes to be communicated to. Yeah. I mean, if only if only Bill and Melinda had known about this, they could have still <laughs> been together. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> no, but like that's actually a really good point. But like how to like adjust your your styles with different people, because I remember a couple of years ago, 
shout out to Namaya again. He's been talked about a lot on this podcast today. But uh, um, he sent me this thing where it was, I forget the name of it, but it was basically a, they did a longitudinal study for like 10 years. And they found out that within people, they, it was a balance or a mixture of three out of nine different elements. And if you look at the mixture of those elements, you can understand how to best communicate with people and best adjust to what their needs are. And the one example that always like stuck in my mind, it was a fairly long read, but the one example that was stuck in my mind was, imagine a friend who is depressed and like legitimately like he's not going out much and how you would react. Some people would go in there and be like, hey man, like how you doing? Trying to talk to him. He might push them away. He might open up to it. But like, let's say he's pushing them away. Um, you invite him out to things and, you know, but they keep kind of depressed. They don't want to come out and do something. Um, you try to go over there and cheer them up or like distract them. It's not working. Yeah. So what do you do? But like, if you understood the elements and like, I forget the detail of the example they gave, but they said like, if you knew that this person was like with a mixture of these three elements, they would understand that this person is not an individual that can just make a choice into like flipping their mind or make a choice to take yeah. the action. So the proper approach to that person would be for a friend to go over there and just say, Hey, get in the car. And like the person will come because they trust you. And then you take them to a place where you know they're really comfortable and happy. So like, you know, they love, they can go to a beach. Like just have, just you and your buddy sit there, not need to talk necessarily, just be there in a place that person like wants to be. And like just the different dynamics of how people function helps you better your own relationship with them. Hmm. Yeah. I would love if on the group chat, if you could send that link through, because I'm really curious to learn more. There's like one style that I know and I'm slowly learning. I mean, you, I guess that's the thing, right? There's like one style that works for each person. Yeah. And then, and if it was like, well, if I was in these persons, well, you're right. That's the thing. I'm not. They're a different person with their own wants, needs, and ways of dealing with problems and challenges. So I have to also be, and that's something that I try to learn. But sometimes you're, when you're trying to think of something that you've never known, don't know anything about, it's difficult to conceptualize that. So I'd be curious to read more. Yeah, I'm going to find it, send it out to you guys. I'll also post on uh, the Instagram page. So if anyone is listening, wants to be interested in it and read up more upon it, I'll link it in there. He always sends the best stuff like that, though. I mean, we're showing him a lot of love, and I would say we're getting a, a bit close to, like, the end of the rope there. Fuck that guy. So that's, there, yeah, he always, the rope. <laughs> yeah, dude, dead ass. I'm out. I don't like this. <laughs> we're getting a bit... Like, we're, we're, we're using up a lot of airtime on him, yeah. but no, he does send a lot of interesting things uh, to read about. They they should come with a warning, like, this is a 15-20 minute read, because I'll click the link and I was like, I don't I don't have time to read through all of this. I'm going to read that man wants he to sends, watch He sends some really... He really sends some doozies, dude. Yeah, he some would randomly pop up. Like a random Monday, 2 a.m., I'll wake up and yeah. he just like, send a text and be like, oh, hey, guys, you should watch this or listen to this. And then we'll be debating. Yeah, but it'll be like a 45-minute YouTube clip. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I can't. Come on. Like, you know, you got to warn me. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no but we, we gotta have him on one of these days and like uh he'll he'll enlighten us with some of his random musings <laughs> if he doesn't put us to sleep first yeah <laughs> oh there that's that's what i was talking about this is this is the energy that we needed regarding him exactly exactly well a little bit of negative energy yeah a little bit yes, you can always, always you can always you can always depend on me to just you know 
whenever you need someone to just get like taken down like a notch or two, you know, too full of themselves, just bring me along. <laughs> too optimistic. <laughs> it's for their own benefit. <laughs> yeah, it's for their own benefit. I'll find something shortly. <laughs> Yeah. Just give him about 30 seconds. He'll look it up. And if he doesn't, he'll just slap you. It's fine. (laughs) No physical harm. Just mental turmoil. All right. So I've got got two different ideas of what we can talk about. I know we're about an hour and a half in. So I'll let you guys, I'll give you the two options. You guys can tell me which one you guys want to talk about. All right. Yeah, like one this. is um yeah choose your own I got, adventure well, I, got, I got three sorry i got three of them one Ooh. is okay whoa whoa one is, <laughs> too many. no but one is which i found really interesting is uh we talked on the pre-production call about the brexit and how it's impacting the Jer- island of jersey off the coast of france and how that's mm. almost caused a war between france and britain that's one mm. the second thing is on a heavier note, the Palestine-Israel conflict going on currently. Um, and three, which I'll just do a podcast on about kind of like children and how there might be an over-medication, over-prescription of anxiety medication and how our opinions are on it. So, which one do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> I thought at least one of them would be a light topic to, to navigate. I don't know, this is some hard body shit, dude. Well, the yeah, Jersey one I can tell you right now is is fairly entertaining when I tell you the story about how it's all kicking off. What is the context between Great Britain and France when it comes to the? Is it called the Isle of Jersey? The island. The island is called island Jersey. And okay, so I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll dive into that. So I want to be honest. When I was reading this, I legitimately thought this was going to be. This excited. has full potential to be a legitimately funny move, because okay. as a part of Brexit during the negotiations. Britain, which owns the island of Jersey, is a bunch of, I believe it's about 18 or 20 kilometers off of France's border, off the island of uh, the sides of France. And wait, so this island is 45 miles off the side of France? Yeah. It's like. And not, it's owned by England? Yes. But like it gets about 80% of its electricity from France. So it gets, and like it's the, the waterways around it is very fisherman oriented. Uh, it's really a lot of their economies for that island. And the French and British uh, sailors and fishermen in that area have always, you know, shared the fish. And they haven't had any quotas or anything. They've been very open with the, the fishing limits. Yeah. As a final point in the negotiations between France and Britain, Britain was like, hey, also, French people can't fish there anymore. It's all ours. Very last minute, no notice to the, to the fishermen. The French fishermen find out the next day. They're like, hold up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We've been fishing here quite literally for hundreds of years. We are not going to just all of a sudden stop fishing here because our town is here. Our homes are here. We have to fish. Britain goes, eh, too bad. So the fishermen, the French fishermen union go, you know what? We're going to blockade the entire island and we're going to claim it and be like, until you change the laws, we are not going to let you fish. We're not going to let any resources come in. And these aren't, this isn't the military. This is literally just a bunch of fishermen that are sitting around like, hey, me and my dinghy over here, we're going to go out there and stop people from doing this shit. <laughs> then, all of a sudden, Mr. Boris Johnson, who's really trying to hype himself up because it was election time, was like, 
you know what? We are going to defend the respect in the name of Jersey. And the Queen's England, we're going to send two <laughs> legitimate Navy gunboats to challenge up against these fishermen. So they're actually pictures of just like these little French dinghy <laughs> uh, fishing boats getting overlooked by these gigantic gunboats. And they're like, French government hears that, hey, the British are sending their Navy in. <laughs> the French go, you know what? We will cut out all the power. I dare you. Don't push us. One button, the whole island goes dark. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Boris is like, uh, let's just let's just talk about it, man. Let's just talk about it. <laughs> and Wait, so the governments were like less involved. The fishermen just kind of took their own. Yeah, the like, fishermen literally went like, their yeah. own. Yeah, <laughs> and then it went from fishermen trying to take their own action to the British government literally sending navy gunboats to France, being like, "This is going to be a whole international fiasco. We're about to shut power off." And they literally <laughs> were like, "We could send our own navy in right now over this little tiny island that is just fishing." And then it was like everyone, even like the UN stepped in, even like the Secretary of State for America like stepped in. It was like, guys, let's just have a real conversation. Like, can you? Yeah, let's calm it down, guys. We're, yeah. <laughs> and you I were just, allies for so many years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, dude, this whole thing because of Brexit, just a final thing, everything for five, six years, they negotiate everything and they forget to the very last second and be like, we're just going to take this. And the last little bit is what causes like, almost a war to break out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness oh, that's really good Brexit is just one really of those things good. like my dad was telling me that he's not sure if it's true or not but the one uh, person in the European Union's parliament or like organization office said that they named their dog um, Brexit because he always barks to leave but he never leaves the house when you open the door yeah. <laughs> and I was like that's like, like that actually is kind of what it feels like in Britain I'm like when I look at them like I've been here in my Brexit they haven't left yet Every time they're like, we're going to do it, but they never do it. Multiple prime ministers have entered and left. Nothing's been done yet. Like, what the hell, guys? Wait, so has Brexit happened? Like, I know the vote I think they've happened. officially accepted the negotiating terms as of, like, I think right before this whole Jersey thing happened. I don't know if they're going to reopen some negotiations for fishing rights and, like, the water rights. Is it a negotiation with all of, like, the... European countries that were originally in the yeah yeah the agreement. So it's like one big. So this this thing with France is impacting everyone. It's not like they have an individual agreement with every country. It's like yeah, the whole thing kind of tethers on whether teeters on a, yeah yeah teeters on a, whether or not this thing gets <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it just seems like Britain was so gung ho about this whole thing, and then they realized okay, we have nothing figured out about how we're going to be actually a self-sufficient country without all of the benefits of Europe. Yeah, sounds like negotiations are going well for them. <laughs> sounds like they're going well, yeah, of course. It's such a weird thing, this whole Brexit thing. Like, I don't even understand it. Like, what's the point? Like, what what is the pro side to it, you know? Well, I'll have you know, at the Tesco's, they changed it from... Um, from French peas to British peas, like the green peas that you get frozen. <laughs> they want people to buy British, right? That's what that's what they think the market. Like what Americans called French fries, freedom fries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why the hell did we do that? What were we pissed off? I think France was like we should not go to Iraq. 
<laughs> and they were right. <laughs> Yo, what was what? We really were like, you're not gonna fight with us in this unnecessary war. Freedom fries. That's that's gonna get them. That's gonna teach them. Like they gave a shit. You know? <laughs> yeah, like they literally don't care. They, they didn't get money off of it. We're like, you know, putting them in their pocketbook. <laughs> Not like they got royalties because we were using the rent. <laughs> uh, no, but I think I think the the reason for Brexit was immigration was a big thing. They really just didn't want a lot of like European, primarily Eastern European individuals coming into Britain as a part of the free immigration between EU countries. What's to, wrong with the Eastern Europeans? I mean, it just like, they were more coming in to take, like, similar to how we have the immigration battle, where like the lower value jobs are typically managed by Mexican immigrants, like farm picking and stuff. A lot of those lower value jobs were coming being taken away by like Croatian, like Eastern European individuals. And on the second part, fuck, like, another, who the fuck cares? Well, I mean, <laughs> they care apparently <laughs> very much. And the second part was that. They wanted to kind of protect their own industry. So a lot of like, listen, like the manufacturing that was being done, they couldn't actually compete with the size of like an Audi that like control Volkswagen and all that. They control like massive plants across all of Europe. They wanted to like basically, how do we compete with that when we have like open trade basically between our countries? So, or like very limited. Uh, so hindrance. it's basically a form of nationalist movement, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think that that was the big first indicator. I think when Brexit got approved, it became, I think it was a year before Trump got elected. And like a lot of people were saying, like, the fact that this nationalist movement gained power there, I think it was more like strong uh, electoral like power being given to them in countries like Italy and Greece. Um, they really thought that was going to be a reason why Trump was going to get elected. And yeah. yeah, so, but like, it was funny. I remember like right after Brexit happened, like the pound, like took a bit of a whopping and stuff. And everyone like, they, like I think like six months after they asked the British public, you know, like, would you want to take this back? And a lot of them were like, honestly, I really didn't know what was going to happen. And yeah, I would take it back. I would not vote for this again. <laughs> and like, I legitimately think if you did a question, like a le- actual referendum right now, a big chunk of the country would be like, dude, just never mind. Just forget it. We'll stay. <laughs> just forget <laughs> it. It's <laughs> like not worth this headache. <laughs> yeah, it's been seven years. Dude, we're not doing this anymore. Leave in the UK are probably like, like, yeah, but we thought it was going to be much of, you know what, fuck this whole thing. We're out. Like, you know, yeah. just, this is, fuck man. That's all because Theresa May literally was like, we're going to do it. And then she was like, oh my God, this will never get done. I'm not dealing with this anymore. I'm going to quit. And I quit. And David Cameron, when it happened, he was like, Europe, I'm definitely not dealing with this. And then Boris came and was like, we're going to do this. It is going to happen. The people have spoken. And then it was yeah. like, dude, Boris, the whole world is going to shit. Like, coronavirus has ruined everything. Do you want to do this? He's like, um, we should. <laughs> I think I'm ready. This is my only platform I have. Yeah. <laughs> we should. I mean, technically, I caused this whole fucking disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of slave my back out of it now. Yeah. So it's just the whole. That's always been. It's like the funny thing, the whole Brexit. Every time you hear it, it's like something funny is about to happen. And I'm like, okay. But when I heard this Jersey story, and I was like, time out. My mind literally just flashed to a comedic movie being like a French fisherman's being like, oh, puta. 
<laughs> no British man will take this from us. <laughs> it just goes out there, like, stands there, like, it's me and my six buddies. We got these little boats. This is our blockade. Nothing's yeah. happening here. And then on fishing boats. Yeah, on you fishing boats. Like, rickety-ass fishing boats. <laughs> yeah. like. You know, you gotta hand it to them, because when they, wanna, when they want changes, they go out and they get shit done. There's no, like... Oh, let me write to my like local politician. There's no like, oh, let me get it. just like listen, me and the boys. Yeah. <laughs> you either come or you fuck off. And it's like, All right, well, we're you on this one, boss. Like, you lead the way. You lead the way. Like, not to say everything gets accomplished for sure, but they really know how to make a statement. They really know how to be like, we're not happy about this. Yeah. We're going to let everyone know. <laughs> I mean, the French know how to do it, man. I mean, last time they really got upset, they made the guillotine, yeah. okay? Yeah. They were publicly just chopping off people's heads. Very good point. Very good point. <laughs> the French don't play around. <laughs> they, yeah, they definitely lost their edge over the years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they be like they mellow out and then all of a sudden those freak out again? Yeah. <laughs> like something happens. Like, I remember, like, I think la- last summer there were some laws potentially about like policing laws over there. And the whole, all the pair just went, nope. It <laughs> just started destroying everything. And I was like, guys, like, take two seconds to just take a breath <laughs> and not destroy the whole world. <laughs> It's so. the American way, man. <laughs> yeah. The French are doing the American way. We just, but Americans stay that way. The French calm down once things like get settled yeah. in. <laughs> you say Americans just we have a tendency to have a gross overreaction, <laughs> uh, you know. And yeah. but like it's very it's very effective. Yeah, like it's very yeah, so it's just, big hindrance. Drop a couple yeah, atomic bombs. Shit, no one messes just, up again. I'm going to walk around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Jersey, you know, fish, not the Jersey fishermen, the French fishermen over there trying to block out Jersey. But, uh, yeah, I mean, y'all y'all fought the good fight. Y'all own those fishing rights, man. Go for it. And uh, good luck to Boris, and hopefully Brexit works out well, man. Who knows? We'll probably have kids by the time Brexit's done. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But um, right. anything else you guys want to chat about? You guys want to end the pod here? I got I got nothing this week except I'm looking forward. Okay, I want to say I mean this was a good pod, and also looking forward to next week in my new place. Yeah, absolutely, that's gonna be fun. Any plans nice. for the weekend? Yeah, you can give us a tour. I will for sure. I will. You guys are gonna come over. I mean, that's oh yeah. You guys will have. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of finding the bars where we're gonna be going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to go to the bars. Not going to go to Tate's place, though. <laughs> all right. All right. Word. Well, thank you very much for joining. We'll hit you guys what, up next what week. What did you say? So thank you, everyone, for joining. Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we... Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't want to talk. I'm good. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was already halfway to bed. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 10 p.m., dude. Bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> this man will be up till four o'clock, guaranteed. The one this whole thing breaks, he's just saving all the sleep up for July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. No, right. we'll do a late night, like one a.m. to like that's reasonable, I think. Yeah, that gives us that enough time good. to get to Taco Bell. Yep, and come back and sleep by like two yep. thirty latest. Yep. <laughs> latest. I sleep by two thirty. 
<laughs> well, that's all right. Yeah, right. We can have like a we can get solid six seven hours of sleep. Wake up at nine. Get like bagels or something. Yeah. That's gonna give me stomach ache. So maybe we don't do that. But <laughs> we have breakfast. Got yeah, breakfast. Oh, brekkie. And then yeah, with like you know maybe a green juice. I haven't had green juice in a minute. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. Of the first night I'm going out to party in a year and a half, I will not be waking up to green juice. I might wake up and just shotgun another beer. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I'm not waking up to like celery and kale. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but you can do that shit now. Like, who's stopping you from waking up in the morning and shotgunning a beer? Like, yeah, going out is something we can't do now. But you can do that nonsense if you want to. It's the mentality. It's the mindset. If I'm gonna wake up, bring me into this. To allow you to consume more. So just consider that as like a, yeah, consider it as a, a full detox. So that way then you're like ready to go back to, so that way then you get back to back days. I mean, do whatever you want to be honest. Pour some vodka and that green juice for all I care. But, you know, it's. That seems like a the, horrible idea. That's the worst of the green juice. <laughs> don't don't ah, do that, please. Okay. Now I'm a little 50-50 on it. On the green juice or the drinking in the morning? The green the vodka juice. and the green juice. Yeah, the that's, a, the green juice. that's, that's a hard pass. Why are you fifty-fifty on that? I'm zero percent interested. Yeah, that's <laughs> not entering my mind. <laughs> the whole idea. Also, my stomach would just be like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, fantastic! All right, well, on that bombshell. <laughs> We will end it here. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Peace. You can put up with me. You a fucking soldier. You wanna know. It's the Maybach drive itself for me. I bet not touch the wheel in this car. You wanna know. This the life when you love enough. Start no cap. I'm just making it harder for